Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for being a part of the conversation. Normally about this time, I'd be saying I'm here with my brother, Paul Jobson, but unfortunately, Paul is not able to join us today. Paul is out and about, and we'll be talking about where he is when he gets back. We'll have good good conversation about his summer and the cool things that he's he's been able to do. But today, I get to have a conversation with a good friend. He's from across the pond, but he's been here in the U.S. for a long time. Also been, uh, you know, grew up over in China, hung out in back in the U.K. for a bit here in the U.S., back to the U.K. He's just all over. He's just uh, had a, quite a life. Now is the assistant coach at Cal Baptist in Riverside, California, and with me is Josh Glover. Josh, how you doing, man? Yeah, doing really well, Phil. Thanks so much for for having me on. I was a bit disappointed not to see Paul there, but oh well, we'll have to hear all about his trip when uh, when he gets back. But no, thank mm-hmm. you so much. It's been a been a pleasure to to obviously be here and 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 be now involved in in some form of football and. Um, uh, excited to have this conversation with you obviously we we go back a little bit and having it just me and you again having a conversation like uh like we did even watching the the england usa game uh the world cup i, I like that you got the england top on now though that's uh that looks good yeah, well, you know, I did that for you, you know, just to, to hopefully make you feel welcome. So that that's, uh, you know, and, and you're not alone there. Most people are also, I no doubt, disappointed that, that Paul is not here with us today. But, you know, we, we just got to move on. We got to trust that we're going to have just as good of a conversation as we would have had with Paul. He Absolutely. also, he always has some great insights. But um, I'm just excited to have a good conversation with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this season, for whatever reason, I think we've had more Brits than Americans on the show so far. (laughs) And so we are just going to call it football today. And that is fine. And if we slip into soccer or football, you know, folks, what we're talking about. So it will likely be football. But Josh, you know, just we always start with sharing your story, just sharing Mm -hmm. where you, you know, I I mentioned a little bit in the intro, but just just share your story with the audience. I'm I'm assuming most people don't know you, but some people listening will, but I'm sure that they'll be surprised Mm -hmm. with some of the stuff too. So just share your story, how you got to be the assistant coach at Cal Baptist and everything that came before that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Phil. Well, I grew up in um, a family of eight, uh, mum, dad, uh, four older sisters, and and then dad turned to mum and said, hey, can we can we try for a boy? And he, and he got two. And uh, so I, got, I have a twin brother, and actually he's flying in tomorrow for our 30th birthday next week. So I'm very excited to see him. And anyway, so family of eight, we moved to China when I was five. And I kind of came off the back of a, a providential calling. It felt like the Lord had called my father and our family to China. And so that was obviously a big step for us as a family and for me as an individual. And it, it was very apparent to me from a young age that God was real. God had called us. And so fast forward a, a couple of years, you know, be, beginning to really competitively play football and really became passionate about football because of dad. You know, dad was um, a professional footballer growing up and played at Norwich as a youth player and, and then went on to play for Portsmouth, played against the likes of kind of Kenny Dalgleish. He he, he always tells the story of playing against Kenny Dalgleish as a, 
um, as a young lad for Portsmouth at Celtic. And so when they played them at Celtic, so dad was very passionate about football, had a twin brother. So, you know, you've got your best mate there. And he tells the story of how, you know, we both got our first football and Joel kicked his and I picked mine up. So I was the goalkeeper. Joel was the, the player. And, and you know, the rest is kind of history, as they say, because we we spent every waking moment just just playing football, breathing football, talking football. I think mum got a bit crazy. I think she was very glad she had four, four girls. So, um, no, it was it was wonderful. And so there, from a very young age, there's this really clear blend of faith, family and football and in that order. And, you know, it's funny, I'm glad you said we could talk about it as football, because I was trying to think, you know, how do you put this together with soccer? You know, is it is it soccer salvation and and what's the final S? So I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's faith, <laughs> family and football. <laughs> but um, yeah, fast forward, I think, you know, football was a big part of um, who I was growing up and you know, for good reasons and for, for bad reasons. And I uh, found myself um, in England just after college uh, playing football there, but really just this hunger for God because I just felt like, you know what, I'd, I wasn't really walking with him at the time. Even though I was raised a Christian, I kind of had a season where I was just trying to figure out who I was and um, in some senses walking prodigally. And um, just had, knew I loved football, knew I loved the Lord and, and uh, found myself back at Westmont and uh, warm up to my first game. Uh, I tore my ligament and I'll talk a little bit, a little bit uh, about that later. But um, that really uh, helped me reform my identity back into to who the Lord said I was. And um, and so began to really grow a passion for football and faith and, and combining that, but also relationships, because I think our family was, you know, we were very familiar with being in relationship with other people. And, and using football as, as, a, as a bit of a platform for that. And so from, from Westmont, I then, uh, I then left and came back to the UK, began to just be blessed to play football um, and get paid to do so. And, and then, um, and was also simultaneously working in sports ministry. So that was, that was a huge answer to a prayer I had when I was leaving university at Westmont. Uh, 2019 find myself coming back just for a summer just to play football here again with a, an organization called the seahorses that are part of missionary athletes international mai and a friend of mine joey who's just an absolute legend uh just said hey look i'd love for you to to come and uh play and play for me and work with me and and um you know hopefully come and get a master's here too and and just felt like it wasn't a door i pushed but the lord had opened and found myself back in the states back in california beautiful california um which when you're you know you're living in um, at the time, Isla Sheppey, and it was a bit dreary. Um, sounds incredible. It sounds like a paradise. And so came back over here. And, and actually, that's when I, I got to meet you in person and, and stay with your parents, which was a huge blessing. Shout out to those two. Um, just unbelievable. Uh, Steve and Barbara, just wonderful. And yeah, and then found myself coaching at an NAI school. Um, and then Joey moved on to Biola during COVID. Uh, everything sort of shut down. I got connected with co at cbu um that didn't for for a short period of time that didn't work out for logistical reasons pertaining to my international visa but biola were were amazing the lord opened the door there and i went and worked at biola university had a great year with joey and that opened the door to come back to to cbu and and so it's been a wonderful year that's a quick journey through my life and 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 to where i am now coaching at, at cbu yeah, you know, so through all of that, we got a lot of soccer or football. Sorry, I'm gonna, I like I said, I'm gonna go back and forth. That's okay. um, we got a, most people are apologizing for saying football on here. I'm apologizing <laughs> for saying soccer. Um, but uh, we got a lot of. It's actually funny on that note because 
that I did the interview early on. If you didn't listen to it, folks, go back. Clyde Best. And the most comments I've ever yeah. got on any interview ever on this show is on that episode. Not because of how great of an episode it was, which it was. Clyde's just an amazing man. But because all the West Ham fans were mad that I kept calling it soccer. They're like, it's football, <laughs> you bloke. You know, and so I was like, you know, that's all the comments we got. So folks out there, I apologize in advance if it bothers you. We're going to say football. If that bothers you, well, hey, sorry. We say soccer most of the time. But anyway, you know, it's something that you have so much football. Your whole life pretty much Mm -hmm. has been that, you know, a lot of it, right? You know, Mm -hmm. ministry football, as you said, faith, Mm -hmm. family, football. Not a lot of people have it. A lot of people, you know, may coach, but they have other things going on. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of, you know, you've been fortunate to be able to do that. Now, I know that, in your house, in your home, obviously, mm-hmm. your dad, uh, you know, Robert Glover, folks, amazing man. I was able to interview him for my other podcast, and I'm hoping to get him on here as well yeah. to talk about some of these things. But in your home growing up, mm-hmm. you know, how was football used mm-hmm. um, just in your childhood? I mean, what did your dad use football analogies? Yeah. Yeah. And if so, what did that look like? And, and what did you learn from that? Yeah, no, football was a, a big form of life lessons, I think. And it was a great opportunity for my brother and I to to walk through the the emotions of, of failure. Or, or actually, I shouldn't say failure, I, I, you know, loss and uh, and the challenges that come with football and to the challenges with come, that come with, you know, what does it look like to be a teammate? What does it look like to uh, serve your brother first, right? When you've got two twins that are competing, um, what does it look like to be a good winner? And, and how does that apply to life? And, and also kind of the nuance of being in China and seeing how football was used to um, transcend barriers really and to to reach the community. And so um, I think I, I want to honor my dad uh, first and foremost, because I saw him use it in China for the mission that he was called to, to, to reach a people group that, so, you know, he, he founded the Charity Care for Children and it was essentially the heart of it is to have a heart for the fathers to place children who are in orphanages back into families and to kind of reach that people group and i remember the early years of being in shanghai he started a football team over there and and we were able to kind of play with coach just kind of mesh through football with the children at the orphanage and they ended up kind of going on to play in a a local school tournament and uh, and winning the cup and and that was a beautiful picture of how football can be used in ministry. But, you know, all throughout that was seeing lessons of overcoming um, challenges, overcoming, you know, the the things that kind of hold us back in life. And I, I saw that for, for these young men, uh, for these, I would say, boys, actually, at the time who, despite having, you know, disabilities, despite having um, you know, not having parents, they were very forthright, were very strong, very, very much so strong in their character and how they pursued just wanting to, to to kind of be the best versions of themselves through through football and found joy in it so i saw that and then yeah definitely throughout our childhood at home i saw um i saw my father kind of encourage us and challenge us with with football analogies and i remember one of the things my dad said to me and i'll, I'll never forget this he said football comes in seasons i remember we had a season we just didn't play very well and things didn't go our way we were we were playing for the Shanghai Dolphins of all teams. And it was a, it was an interesting team. And um, Joel and I were on the same team, but we kind of came into the league quite late. And, and so we played with the team at the bottom 
and we got them we got them out as a, as a team you know as you know my brother and I and all the boys on the team we got them out of kind of the last place but I think we climbed two or three places but we finished sort of just below mid-table and I remember my dad said to me you know football comes in seasons you can't expect things just to kind of happen all at once and I think that's something that's kind of stayed with me throughout life um and and you see that that actually real growth real things that matter happen over time and, and we can't have everything immediate and so that was a, a lesson that I remember learning but definitely throughout our, our childhood we would see different lessons whether it was watching Michael Owen overcome an injury or um you know how David Beckham dealt with fame and and you know should we be proud I remember my dad also saying you know um, I used to say you know dad was I good today I was good today wasn't I and he said you know what son you have to be humble you you can't be telling other people that you're good. You can allow other people to tell you you're good, but you, your job is to focus on on playing well and serving others. And so little lessons like that have stuck with me. And um, I'm very grateful to him for that. And then obviously lessons from Joel, you know, um, if you're not strong enough, you're going to get knocked over or uh, if you're not quick enough, the, the ball's going in the back of the net. And so you, you kind of learn through those things too. So I, I think uh, you can apply those and there may many parallels to life as well. Yeah, you know, I love I love that just just hearing your dad talk about the humility, but also the service. I know that's something mm. that a couple episodes ago we had Graham Daniels where he talked about, yeah. you know, when you truly have your identity in Christ, you can be safe mm. to serve. Mm. Right? That idea of not just trying to survive. You know, I think that that idea of wasn't I good? Wasn't I good? Right? That mm. is that achieved identity. I know if mm-hmm. you listen to that, if you didn't listen to that interview with Graham Daniels, folks, go back and listen to yeah. that. But that idea of when you know, you know, whose you are and who you are, then you have that freedom, right, to be able to serve. You don't Absolutely. need that outside uh, approval from whoever, right? And we all want the approval yeah. from our dad, of course. But I love that your dad kept pointing to, no, like the, 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 the importance is that you're able to serve your, your brother. Now, I want to get into a little bit, too, of that, the, the, use of soccer as you said your mm. dad was able to use it then and, and i have he, you know your dad told the whole story of that in the interview i did on think orphan yeah. folks go listen I'll, I'll link to it in the show yeah. notes the interview that i was able to do um with, with your dad on on think orphan he talks about that how he was able to build trust by creating that team and mm. forming that team and then by winning the championship obviously but yeah. that actually yeah. as he talked about it get you know he was able to get his own bowl in the kitchen and all this stuff mm-hmm. that that he talked about but i wanted to hear from your perspective on being a kid in mm. china um i know it's going to shock a lot of people but you don't look a lot like the chinese kids yeah. that you were yeah. that you were living with so i'm just going to make an assumption but i don't, I don't want to make an assumption but did you use football Mm. as a tool and as a vehicle to be able to build yeah. trust to be able to build those relationships with these people you know you're coming in as you know the american kid and they might think it's kind of a novelty mm. but a novelty doesn't necessarily build trust so mm. is that something that you were able to do i mean or or am i yeah. just wrong on that account no absolutely well first off i'm not an american kid i'm an english kid sorry oh, <laughs> to be <sorry>. said <laughs> i did say that Wow, that was just uh, a little faux pas. That was worse than saying soccer. So I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Okay. I apologize. You're right. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean a, uh, a white it, kid. Let's say a white kid, right? Yeah, so a white Western kid, kid from, yes. from from a different background coming into um a very rural um Shanghai at the time, especially when we first moved and, and then into Beijing. No, football, as I said, and this is why I love the game, it, it transcends barriers, you know, language barriers, cultural barriers, and everything that kind of comes in between. Um, but I remember, you know, dad being very intentional, dad and mum, to be honest, mum was wonderful at, at serving the community. And, and I, 
just touch on on her really quickly. I remember homeless people coming. I remember us coming home from school and homeless people being in our home because mum had brought them home and and given them a shower and given them food and we're talking to them. And and so both mum and dad really kind of um, gave us a, a great picture of what it looks like to serve. And I remember them being really intentional about us going into the villages that kind of uh, were just on the other side of the walls of our compound. We lived in a, in a small compound. Funny enough, they called it Beverly Hills. It wasn't Beverly Hills, but, you know, there, there you go. Um, but I remember us going into the village and I remember Joel and I, there was a sense of security around this football. Like, we'll bring this football in with us because I think for us at the time it was... It, it was, we'll know we have fun together. We can bring this ball and we're a bit unsure. It's a bit strange. And I think on the other side of that wall, there's a, it was a real clear dichotomy of, of, of wealth and poverty, if you will, but also the Western culture and, and the Eastern culture. And, and I think on the other side of that wall were children um, who were probably pretty timid of who are these people coming in here. And it's funny that the ball kind of brought you together. It, there, there was this beautiful mesh of, of bringing us together. And so you, we get the ball out and you next thing you know, there's a, there's a kid just runs over and, and kicks the ball. I, I don't think he said a word. I think I just remember this little boy running over and, and next thing you know, there was three or four. And, and so there was, it was me and my brother and three or four of, of these young Chinese lads just kicking a ball about. And, um, I think my sister tried to jump in, Anna, and and we were like, go away, Anna, let us play our football. <laughs> but no, um, the girls were great at football too. But I think that's a beautiful picture of how we were able to build trust uh, in the community. And I, my dad tells the story. I don't know if he's told it in the podcast, but we ended up having a lot of people over for the from the village for Christmas one year. And because we had established those relationships and uh, – in China, you, you kind of do food family style. You, you put the food together uh, and we, we had the, the kids come over, the lads we played football with and, and, and the families and they kind of mixed all the mashed potatoes with uh, the pie and, and, and it's just this weird blend and they were trying to be really polite eating it and thinking uh, and saying sorry that it was lovely, but we were just sitting there laughing and, and just thinking that was crazy. And so there are many cultural barriers, as you can see, even in cuisine and how you eat. But football really helped us to build those relationships. And it also, you know, it helped us to develop skills, develop language skills, develop uh, skills and learning how to relate, relate to other people. There's many times growing up where I was, I felt that I wish I'd grown up in England because of the professional opportunities, but actually the, the rich cultural opportunities and the ability to kind of relate cross-culturally was a real blessing. And football was a big part of that, of being able to have those relations. And I saw that all the way through school, uh, all the way up to high school, where I was, you know, friends with the Korean lads, you know, who'd come over from Korea in, in, in the international mm -hmm. school and we would play football at lunch and break time. And so you, you begin to see how um, a game can really bring people together and I think you know even as we're touching on leadership actually not just touching I'm sure we'll go into depth on leadership but I think one of the most natural things about leadership is it's how do you bring people together in a way that that serves them but also that feels natural to them um mm -hmm. and and there are times of, of course where things are, are challenging like like the boy on the other side of the village and us going into the village for the first time being timid being unsure it gives us a sense of security but eventually from that kind of uncomfort uh, or uncomfortability you you become comfortable through through this kind of medium which is football so yeah there's so much there you know and and i i think i i can't help but think as you said you know part of you wishes you grew up in mm. in the uk for those opportunities from the professional side but to mm. see what you're doing now mm. and to see how living that cross-cultural living mm. with coaching 
the university here in the U.S. You know, I know mm. well at Biola, and I know now at CBU and at Westcliff, you had a lot of internationals on those teams. Mm. And has that helped that understanding of that cross cultural? I know from the recruiting yeah. side, I presume it has, but also just from bringing those teams together and being able to be a coach on that side of it. Um, are you using those things? Yeah, it's funny how the Lord works, isn't it? I think uh, he 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 was very intentional in in those things, and I think yeah, absolutely, it's very it's very much so a component of of what we do in part of the recruiting process. I mean, we've got lads right now from Germany, from uh, Norway, from Brazil, uh, France. We've we've got lads for a lad from Luxembourg. Um, we're just in the process of recruiting a lad from Cyprus as well. So I mean, there's there's definitely um, lots of lots of different kind of components that come with each with each culture and so being able to understand not just the various cultures because you can't understand every culture of course mm -hmm. but understanding how to relate in a way where you're different but you can you can find similarities and you can find the things that are important to people while also being um it's funny we talk about uh ted lasso i love that that scene with um or sorry you've talked about ted lasso we haven't talked about him <laughs> yet but um just watching your podcast I, I know we talk a lot about ted lasso um but i love the scene with the darts and he says um yeah be be curious not judgmental and and i think that's a beautiful picture of what does it look like for us especially with these young men to to say hey yes you're coming into a new environment but i'm curious about who you are and how and, and how we can learn from you and how you can play a part in this team um because you know faith family and football when you're putting a team together you're actually putting a family together right these these are lads who are, are supposed to be um a band of brothers in many ways and so understanding the different components and also protecting the lads that you have in the group you know who are you bringing in and how are they going to mold and how are they going to um you know fit into the culture and the environment and and build chemistry with the group so those things are all very important so yeah it's definitely something that helps yeah i think something you said there is so good because so often people people will say we need people to come in and we need to help them assimilate into our culture mm -hmm. rather than saying how can we together create our culture using all of the mm -hmm. different things that everyone brings mm -hmm. to the table yeah. And it sounds like as you were talking there, that's the, that you're really doing the latter, not the former. Is that, is that safe to say? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, our head coach, Co Michelson's fantastic at that too. He he spent time in, in the UK being an American and he, he's been around the world a bit and, and Stephen Marshall as well. He's um, someone who's traveled a lot and, and is just very personable. And I think ultimately it comes from Christ, right? And um, being a Christ-centered university and a Christ-centered program, because, you know, it's easy to say you're Christ-centered university in America. I think there's a lot of them, but actually really carrying that out, it, it's caring for the person first. And saying, you know, what do you have to bring to the table? And how's the Lord formed you? Um, and what does what does the Lord want to do through you? Right? Everyone's got a purpose. Everyone's got a story, and everyone has something to bring. And so, when when there's a sense of ownership from these lads, not just over the fact that they're playing football, but that they can bring something to the table that's unique, then I think that that blends really well, and it creates a culture and an environment in which we we collaborate really well, and uh, we do so for the glory of God. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. That was a good segue. I mean, you said purpose and you know, that was everyone has their purpose. And so what, yeah, what absolutely. is your, what is your personal why? What is your life purpose mm. and how are you living it out in your coaching and other areas of your life? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. Um, it's a good question. And uh, just looking at it and thinking about it and, you know, first and foremost, I think it comes from, from 
from Christ, from the Lord, right? And and that permeates and then permeates through everything else that I do. And I think the reason it does is, and I will just touch on this. I, I love that you had Graham Daniels on. I was a bit of a disciple of his and, and was part of Christians in Sport in, in some other ways. And it's funny because if if you hear me talk about Pray Play Say, I was just talking about it with my life group the other day. You know, we lead a life group over here and we're talking about Pray Play Say and how that applies to life as well, right? Instead of just playing, what does it look like to live? And then also received, not achieved identities. It's been something that we've been talking about a lot recently so to then see the podcast and see that that was there i was like oh no you've got this incredible man on and um uh this incredible person of the faith in football how do i follow that up but the reality is you know he, he is who he is because he's been faithful and because he's known his call and i think that bringing it all back it, it's about knowing the call from from christ that um that he chose me and, and that i'm saved but not just saved to to sit in that to to be um kind of passive but to be be active and i think um one of the things that's really formed over the last couple of years is just this understanding that we're called to seek you know seek god first seek him and his and his kingdom seek, seek his righteousness and his kingdom and i think it's about that that freedom from being saved that i've been chosen it's not anything that i can do or anything i have done or continue to do but it's the fact that I've been chosen that he's called me. He says that I'm good. He says that I'm I'm right in in standing with him because of his son frees me to then go and live actively. And I, so from there comes this, this desire to live, as I alluded to, for the kingdom. And, and I think reframing my mindset that it's not just about being good enough or, or avoiding sin. It's about actually living for the kingdom and bringing bringing the kingdom to to people and bringing bringing the kingdom means bringing peace bringing purpose bringing power because we get power from the holy spirit we get we get peace from knowing god's with us and we get purpose from the fact that actually he says go and make disciples of all nations and so being a kingdom driven person means that my purpose is to bring the kingdom of god wherever i'm going but specifically for football it's to bring the kingdom of god in the areas where i am to disciple young men to evangelize to young men that they would kind of grow into the understanding that they too are chosen, uh, that God too wants relationship with them. And that from that, they can actually live to their full potential, live to their full purpose, live to to be able to have peace when things are challenging. And so navigating how to do that while also kind of carrying out excellence, right? Romans 12 talks about, you know, how can we honor God with with everything we have? So I think it's a, it's that beautiful blend of, of um, trying to honor God um, and, and let my life be a, a, a piece of worship to him, but to do so in a way that that serves others, that brings the kingdom and brings people into the kingdom and the kingdom to them. So I'm sure I'll be a little bit more succinct with that as I, as I grow up. I've got lots to learn. Um, I'm sure I'll continue to understand how God's using me, but I think in terms of my purpose, I think it's, it's, it's that right there. Absolutely. No, and I know there's there's lots of different ways, and I know we'll get into some of those ways that you are living that out. But uh, as we move forward, um, I want to talk about what was a defining moment, maybe one or two mm. defining moments in your soccer mm. career. Why was it, or why were they so impactful? What did you mm. learn from them? What, what what leadership lessons did you learn from the defining mm. moment? Yeah, I do have a few. Um, do have a few. I think the first one I would touch on is, is uh, and I alluded to earlier, was um, coming to West Point and my identity com- identity being completely rooted in in football. You know, I, I was liked because I was good at football. I felt like I was doing well because I was good at football. Um, I felt football had brought me there. 
Um, and uh, warm up to my first game against UCSB. I'm going over, I'm a goalkeeper, so I'm going over and I snap the ligament and I, let's see if I can show it to you there. It's got a little scar right there. And uh, there it is right there on the thumb. So I yeah. tore my ulnar collateral ligament and um, I remember finding out and, and just going sitting in my room and just like, wow, you're worthless. You are, you've got nothing to offer. You've got nothing. And I think the Lord was really kind in those moments of actually reminding me. I remember spending just spending time in the word and hearing that, you know, he, he, um, Romans, Romans eight talks about that. He works all things for the good of those who love him according to his will. And I remember that he, he loved me. He was working out things for my good, but that football was a gift and that he had brought me there, not me. And so that really began to reframe my understanding of, of what football was. And so fast forward a couple of years, I, I had a, great time at Westmont been playing well and and began to play for the Seahorses USL2 team at the time it was um PDL part uh it was P- professional development league it was wonderful league top players in, in the college game kind of coming together through the summer I remember being told it was the first choice and then like a week later this lad shows up from from Cal Berkeley he's just while well, he was at Cal Berkeley came back from Brazil Robbie great goalkeeper unbelievable just absolute cat like just could spring to anything and um I remember just being frustrated like I'm not playing like I ended up being being the second choice goalkeeper and I was still young I think it was some of my sophomore year and uh just really being kind of like lord what's going on this is so frustrating and um I, I just opened up my bible and I was reading Job 38 and it said the lord answered Job and he said who are you that questions me you know, with words, work with words without knowledge, right? Where were you when I when I um, set the foundations of the earth? And it just it just worked really. It said, um, "Brace yourself, I will question you, and you'll answer me." And um, I just felt like, do you know what? In that moment, the Lord reminded me again. I think I was getting stuck back into football and really wanting to accomplish many things. But the Lord reminded me that He had a purpose beyond my beyond myself. You know, Proverbs nineteen, right? Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Um, and I think that was really formative for me again, because I was so caught up in in being the best and so caught up in wanting to achieve success. But actually, um, I had stopped finding my joy in football. I had stopped finding my joy in the gift that he'd given me and in him. Um, and so that was really a very formative time because I think, again, as I said earlier, like it, it's football doesn't come. Uh, just in one season it comes in seasons and so you you learn to develop and that was we'll probably talk about coaches later but Cody Supe was a, was my goalkeeper coach that year and because I wasn't playing I was just desperate to get better desperate to work and that that summer was so formative for me in you know the little things like my footwork got so much better I, I learned from Robbie you know how he could spring I, I remember asking him how are you so explosive well I lift really heavy we put a lot of weight you know uh, on deadlifts and and um you know I can just fire through my my quads and my calves and and and, and there you go I'm getting to the top corner to everything and so I just remember wanting to wanted to replicate those things and actually that was you know if it was my way I would have just played and I probably wouldn't have developed in the same way I would have thought I was better than and and not really been striving to to grow and, and to, to develop and so those are two very formative moments and I think those were very helpful for me as I went back to England and got my first contract um, I remember I had a little bit of a sticky situation I was 
considered an international player from America coming back to England, which was which was interesting. <laughs> so I had to wait for my international clearance. I missed the first two games uh, after signing my contract, and I finally got myself back into the team. Uh, and I just uh, I was desperate to play well, uh, um, but was still was actually working at the church um, and, and wanted to glorify God, but. Um, and I'm sorry, not but, but I mean, I went on to uh, to play 10 games in a row. I remember my eighth game uh, to this day is probably the best game in my career. I just stopped absolutely everything. And I remember, you know, we were playing with these two guys, uh, Ryan and Rossi Jarvis. Ryan played in the Premier League for Norwich and scored against Liverpool on his debut. And he was a bit older at the time. I think he was like 35. And uh, I remember Ryan coming up to me after the game. He's like, you, you are unreal. Like, where did that come from? like that was special and I remember just wow really 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 proud and I remember again my dad after the game said don't don't get ahead of yourself just stay humble and and you keep working hard and I ended up playing a couple more games made a mistake and I was a young goalkeeper and I got dropped and the other goalkeeper came in and uh, later that in January manager turned around to me said I want to bring in a lot of players and the chairman said I um I can't have three goalkeepers on the books and I know you've played a lot I know you've done really well but we're going to let you go and I just sat there and I thought, wow, this is so unfair. This is ridiculous. But it, in that moment, I remember the Lord just reminding me of the, the two previous moments at the Seahorses and at Westmont and just going, do you know what? Things are going to be okay. Um, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. And it gave me peace and it allowed me to, to strive and move forward. And I ended up eventually playing at a higher level and God was very kind to me. And I went through a little bit of a journey, but um, those were very formative times. And I think it's it, it, those things have lessons I've really carried with me to to kind of share with my my boys now that yes we we want to strive for excellence yes we want to be the best yes we want to we want to win but um football is is just it's temporary um and football is part of the picture it's it's and this is the most important thing I think this is the lesson I learned through it all um and if if anyone remembers anything from this interview please remember this football is what you do it's not who you are that's the most important thing. Football is what you do. It's not who you are. And and that's true of anything, right? Whether you are watching this as a basketball player or an actor or um, someone who does accounting, it, it's what you do. It's not who you are. Who you are is defined by who God says you are. And that's that can't be touched. That's that's infinitely and eternally precious and and true. So I think those are the things that, that, that I learned. And that's kind of how I carry that forward. And I want my boys to know that because I think that then frees you to ultimately be, be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And that again, reminded me of, as you talked about being dropped, as you talked about, it's what you do, not who you are. Reminded Mm -hmm. me of that, you know, Graham saying you're either scared and playing for survival Mm -hmm. or you're safe Mm -hmm. and you're able to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's that same idea, your dad coming up and saying, be humble so that you can Mm -hmm. serve. Right. Mm -hmm. That idea is just so powerful because what your identity is in will be will will inf- not just inform it will drive how you act how you respond to things you know that the people say you can't you can't ch- you can't control your circumstances but you can control how you mm-hmm. respond to those circumstances yeah. right yeah, so absolutely. you can't control being dropped you can control how you respond to it and mm. who you are and who you are will will mm. not only inform that it will it will drive how you respond to that so, you know, that's that's great to hear that all right you played for a lot of different coaches. You played in a lot of different teams in different countries. Yeah. Who was who the best coach, if you have one or if you have a couple, yeah. that you played for? Um, what set what set him apart from the rest? And, mm. um, and what lessons about life and leadership did you learn from him? Yeah, wow. 
Very challenging. Very challenging question. I think there's so many great coaches. You know, Dave Wolf at West Point, Cody Supe, who I alluded to with the Seahorses. AD Hay was Lois Doff coach. And, and even I, I mentioned it because even though he let me go, I thought he was great. And he had, there was a great staff there. And there's a guy right now who wasn't a coach at the time. He was His name's Danny Green. Um, he played at Charlton Athletic, played an FA Cup final, played with him at Concord Rangers. And he was he was a, already a coach before he was a coach, if you if you know what I mean, um, on on the pitch. And, and he's now coaching. He just got, his, I think, his first head coach job um, back in England, either Bill or Ricky or, or someone else. Um, but he, he was fantastic. Two people I want to touch on, one really briefly, and then the second one I'll kind of go into more detail, was a guy called Thiago Barria, a Brazilian gentleman in, in Chicago. And just... Do you know what? When I when I looked at him and when I watched him and when I saw how he there were no favorites for him, there were no favorites, and he cared for everyone equally. And that didn't mean everyone played equally, but he cared for everyone equally, and that really reflected Christ to me. That really said a lot to me. But also just to see how he carried himself and how he loved other people, but was firm. Thiago was a very formative individual I don't know how much he knows that but very formative individual that was after my freshman year uh, of college I went to Chicago the football was rubbish it was rubbish but the coaching was great and the coaching was superb and 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 it was it was because he didn't just focus on football he wanted to know who who I was as a man and he, he wanted to know that for everybody and and he wanted to ask the challenging questions and spend time with us um but he was good at the game too he was he was older but he could you know he jumped in training and he was good and so uh, and then he had he had this um this wife who he who he partnered with and for the life of me i can't remember her name right now so i apologize but they they part you, you could see how well they partnered she would work with the ladies team and he would work with the the men's team and they partnered so well and you'd ask them questions and, and they would you know look at each other and um really kind of you know you know, try and solve the question, not just answer it, but actually like process it. And so someone who who was very formative for me and I'm very grateful for Thiago and just just a solid man of God who was firm in his faith, was kind and served others in, in an incredible way. But the one I really want to touch on is Todd Elkins. I think when you asked me this question, Todd came to my mind straight away and I was like, okay, Todd and who else? And I was just like, do you know what? It's Todd. He's he he was the the head coach of Biola University while I was at Westmont. And um some of the men that have come out of that program in in Stephen Campos, um, Danny Martinez, uh Joey O'Keefe, who I got the privilege of working with, but I would call very close friends of mine, are, are a real reflection of who Todd is. And and Todd was uh, I then had the opportunity to play for Todd uh for the Seahorses and a man again who you know he he loved his family really well his kids were always at the game he he wanted to make sure that they kind of got a glimpse into what he was coaching and teaching us and his wife was always around serving and, and came for other people and I just loved the way he he was a family man first I think that was a real reflection of again faith family football right he, he had those things in order but he was someone who I I would see pray consistently and pray with us uh he was someone who was intentional in, in every kind of step right like whether he was dropping you or whether he was bringing you into the team it wasn't just hey you're in the team it's like you're in the team and this is why and I want you to know this and I want you to know that but one of the things I, lo- I actually was able to, to coach with Todd too but one of the things I just love about Todd um he embodied Ted Lasso before 
I knew of Ted Lasso in being be be curious, not judgmental. The guy asks questions in a way that invites you into into the conversation and invites you to really to process things. So why do you, you know, I remember him just just bringing over a lad and I was having a conversation. Why do you think that's okay? Not you're wrong, not, you know, that's, um, uh, you know, that's not the way we do things here. Why, why do you think that's okay? And, and I, th- I remember just taking a step back, like you haven't, you haven't called them out. What are you doing? Come on, call them out. But I remember the guy answering and then it was from hit that, that young man's framework of understanding of what was going on that he was able to go, actually, do you know what? No, we put the team first. And the reason we put the team first is this and, and so on and so forth. And, and I saw him do it on multiple occasions and they were kind of piercing. The questions were piercing, right? Like you would, you're always like, am I going to get a Todd Elkins question? And, and Todd, Todd, Todd cared and does and, and continues to care for every player that, that he has. And you can see that by the players who come out. And I think ultimately that the men that come out of his programs are, are, are better for it because to come back to it, it's faith, family, football. He he wants to serve Christ, and he's very open and and bold. Right, he's unashamed of the gospel. Romans one sixteen. He he's very much so unashamed of the gospel. But he's someone who who does so. You know, when I first thought of unashamed of the gospel, I was I'm going to go tell everybody. I'm going to say loads of things. But he kind of does so in a very um, with Christ like humility in, in many ways. Right, like he doesn't assume he has all the answers, but he he's always trying to help people find the truth the way the truth in the life right who is christ and he does so kind of just through asking questions and and so faith first and and family like you could see that his players at biola knew it was about the badge not the name on the back the name on the front of the shirt not the name on the back and they served each other they were together and you kind of just came away from every biola game like that is that was tough man they were uh, they were a unit they were hard to break down right so it, it it formed onto the pitch you know what who they were as a group formed onto the pitch and they they were very very good and and Joey doesn't let me forget one of my closest friends Joey doesn't <laughs> let me forget that they beat us a few times and he scored on me and but uh, but I never saw I've never seen Todd lose his temper he's he's slow to anger he's quick to listen and when he speaks he speaks um yeah, obviously, I think through the spirit, but also speaks just intentionally. So, so Todd Elkins is someone, and and let's be honest, he's been successful in ma- in many ways too, right? He's been successful first and foremost, as I've alluded to, by the men he's brought through, right? He's he's got a call to discipleship, and so he's been successful there. Um, he's been successful in terms of. Um, football right he's been successful in in how his teams have won things and how they've gone but but they've but they've done it in a way that's that's carried that's carried god's name and and they've give, given glory to god and i remember joey just being like hey I, um, I just want to give glory to god when they when they made the national tournament i remember him kind of talking about that and so i think you know it, todd elkins isn't isn't a man who uh, is in your face um, and is kind of overbearing he's actually quite a short man but <laughs> short yeah. man with a big beard i, I don't i don't yep, uh, yep, yep, don't hold yep. that against him but but he's someone who who carries a presence and, and he carries god's presence but he carries a presence because you know what um you, you feel like you matter with todd elkins and, and i think yeah. that's the most important he he makes men who they are and and help them reach their full potential so i i hope one day to emulate him in some way truly truly a wonderful man and a great coach yeah no, that's good i love that you said there he, he makes you feel like you matter 
And I think that, you know, people want to be known. People want to feel that they are part of something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. Great coaches really do a good job with that. Um, the other thing you said there in there is the power of questions, right? You know, mm -hmm. we look through scripture, yeah. Jesus asked yeah. more questions than he just did, yeah, he did. stuff, right? Yeah. And it's that self-discovery, right? That one of my pastors had a great question similarly to, you know, what, what, what you had said, his question, what, what makes you feel like that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, pastor would, he, he said, what lie from the enemy are you believing that makes mm -hmm. you think that that behavior is okay? Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's typically mm -hmm. what's happening there. And the idea in sin is we're, we're believing a lie and yeah. for that. But if you just say, Hey, you're believing a lie, then that typically doesn't, doesn't land with mm -hmm. people very well. But to ask the question and make people have that. It's funny, my, my daughter, you know my, my oldest daughter. I'm mm -hmm. not going to name any names, but I just said my mm -hmm. oldest daughter so people know, <laughs> know that. But she, we just had a funny conversation yesterday where we were talking and she was basically mm -hmm. parroting. She's now 21 years old. Mm -hmm. She was parroting, you know, conversations we've had over the mm -hmm. years. And I was just kind of smiling. And I didn't say, yeah, I told you so. But I just kind of laughed. And she goes, I know, mm -hmm. I know, Dad. I'm basically telling you what you told me. She goes, but I needed to have that self-discovery. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that that's a it. great coach will be able to guide their players to the self-discovery. Mm -hmm. Right? And it sounds like that's mm -hmm. what you're talking about there with Todd. Is that is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you see it in, in the game too. Like, I think Todd was one of the, the first coaches – not not the only coach, um, but one of the first coaches who did it um, in a way that really stood out to me. Whenever he ran a drill, um, it, why are we doing this? You know, it wasn't just go and do this. Why are we doing this? So that you you end up finding that there's a there's a um, a philosophy, right? A framework around the style of football we want to play, and the same is true in the way we want to play in the in the way we carry ourselves as Christians. Like, what does it look like to be a Christian footballer? What does that look like? And so by asking those questions, it 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 then allows us to kind of come to to kind of go through that exploration, that adventure, if you will, and come to that conclusion. Actually, this this does work. And and I can not only understand it, but but kind of relay it back to you. And I think, you know, the greatest level of understanding is when you can teach it as well. I think I've learned that, you know, yep. you know, the the amount of things I've learned about football, which I thought I knew I, I didn't know, but I've learned now as a coach because I'm, I'm trying to soak it in and then, and then share it. And then you learn how, you know, what, are, what are the ways in which you share and how do people receive things in different ways? Um, you, you get a, a very much so a holistic approach to, to, to the game of football, but also, like I said, Todd was always, was always faith first. So why does this matter? And, and, and how I, lo I love what you're saying in terms of, um, I was about to say a name, your oldest daughter, um, uh, <laughs> kind of coming to uh, coming to that revelation for herself, right? When you come to those revelations, you've been, I've seen that, I'm starting to see that kind of parenting side, right? Where you tell someone something and then they come back to you, you know, for you, it might have been, you know, 21 years or, or, or maybe five or 10, or whatever it might have been, but you, they come back to you and they're like, hey, coach, and I'm like, did I not say that to you last week? You know, and you're coming yeah. here as if you've you've got this incredible revelation and you're teaching me something. But at the same time, it brings you joy. Right. You've grasped yeah. this. You've understood 100%. it because you've gone through it. And I think when you go through it, you, you really understand it. There's a, a yeah. difference between uh, knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is is knowing something um, and having the understanding. But but to have wisdom is how you, you know, knowing something and how you use it and bringing it together and, and taking it and applying it. So um, that's that's really important. 
Yeah, I love that too. You talk about the idea of teaching too is when you learn the most. And, you know, I, I teach a university course and this next mm -hmm. semester I'm going to have the, the, the students actually teach teach classes, right? Because mm -hmm. that's when I know they're going to learn the most. To have mm -hmm. our players to be able to have input into practice mm -hmm. sessions and maybe even run some of them and be able to teach and be able to, you know, to have mm -hmm. captains that are doing that is yeah. should be a, a given particularly at the college pro levels, the captains should be teaching, should be training, should yeah, be definitely. into that. And, and people should be doing that from the middle and from the bottom as well. So mm -hmm. um, that's absolutely something. Uh, I know we could talk about that for days, but we're going we're gonna to move on to the next thing here. We talked a lot about just ministry and how you yeah. see what you're doing as, as a ministry, but mm. I just wanted to, I know we've talked about it um, in the last few years since we've known each other, just how you see what you're doing. Yes. As coaching, but as ministry. And I know mm -hmm. a lot of people just think of sports ministry as, Oh, you do a, you do a game and then you do a halftime talk or you do a game mm -hmm. and you have a platform to share the gospel at halftime. Mm -hmm. But how do you see ministry in sports and what, what does that look like? Yeah, it's, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna steal from Graham. I I love Colossians uh, four two through six and a, a pray place say. And I think the reason I love that is because it's really really reformed. And I'm still learning it because you let you continue to live out the gospel. The gospel isn't just one thing, right? It, it's something you live out daily, and you have to continue to preach yourself and 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 learn and understand. But pray to pray is to to talk to God, to start with the Lord, right? And, and to wake up in the morning and, and pray is to go, Lord, I want to surrender this to you. I want to surrender my ambitions, my desires. I want to surrender this to you and give this over, right? And and and, and trust that, you know what, I, I want to have these conversations. Would you allow me to have these conversations? Or I want to be able to do this, but Lord, your will be done, not mine. And to give glory to God for what he's given you and, and what he, he might bring and what he might not bring, right? The Lord gives and he takes away. Um, and so to pray is to to go, do you know what, Lord, it's yours. This is yours. You've by by the grace of God, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. You've made me right, but you've also welcomed me into this. It's yours. So to pray is the first component, whether whether it's you know in competitive sport, whether it's in trying to reach young people, whether it's going to reach an un unreached people group. Yeah, whatever, whoever, sorry, you're reaching. Um, I think I think it's first to start with the Lord, right? And and to go in and of myself i can't do it i cannot do it so holy spirit would you fill me holy spirit would you equip me holy spirit would you empower me because that's you know that's the promise of christ you know when we're saved that we get the spirit and so so pray and play is to is to live in a way that would reflect him there's a it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling but then it go it then goes on to say you know that god works the, all these things in you so it's christ working in what we're working out what Christ works in. And I love that. So uh, I listened to this, this podcast uh, by two, two brothers called the Benham brothers, professional athletes, professional baseball players who um, kind of left it all behind to, to do ministry. But I love that. They say, work out what God has worked in. God is going to work in you and um, uh, equip you to be able to do that. So, you know, to live in a way that reflects Christ and, and look at what Christ did. How did he care for people? And so that's definitely, you know, what does it look like to honor him to do so in excellence, right? You know, especially as we talk about football, I want my players to get stuck into challenges. I want my players to to work harder than anybody. I want them to, you know, to, to, to be ruthless in front of goal. I want them to be those type of things, but I want them to do it in a way that doesn't, 
compare themselves or say that they're better than someone else, but actually says that this is who we are and this is our identity, and we, but we care for you as well. Uh, and caring for someone sometimes means, you know, putting six past them so that they can grow and get better. So mm-hmm. I think there's a, a little fun, funny nuance there, but, um, uh, and then say, right, like when you have the opportunity, are you bold enough to say something? Are you bold enough to go to you know what I do follow Jesus and this is why, um, or, um, you know, why do you, when the question comes, why do you live this way? It talks about it in first Peter as well. Like, why do you live this way? Or why are you this way? Well, do you know what? I wasn't always this way. Christ changed me, you know, Christ changed me. And, and this is the freedom I've experienced. So I actually had a, a real honor of going to speak with um, the lads at the seahorses recently. And I got to, to share, they were talking about having a heart for God. And I said, you know, you have a heart for God, and it, but it's rooted in knowing that God has a heart for you. And when you have a heart for God, the reality is you you get this thing called unity. When you have a heart for anything, you have unity with it, right? We're in union with it, right? You've got a heart for football, you've got union with it. When it when it lets you down, it hurts, right? Football football is a game that, wow, it hurts when you lose sometimes. Um, but it's it's joyous when you win. If you have union with food, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're gonna pudge up a bit if you don't take care of yourself, right? But but unity with God, um, gives you I, I alluded it to earlier but it gives you peace and it gives you power and it gives you purpose and and those things kind of transcend other things right the, the temporal things so being able to kind of share those things pray play say is is really is really kind of i think a way in in which we can kind of carry out sports ministry but i will say i, I wonder if i could just share a quick story uh, of ministry which i didn't think was ministry at the time because it was god planting the seed it was me being obedient i think obedience is a real important part i was playing um at a small small club called sheppy united isla sheppy and um i i remember early on uh, I was bringing my Bible into the changing room and uh, I got a lot of uh, a lot of stick for it, as we say in England, a lot of hard time for it. Um, but the boys began to kind of become accustomed to ah, this is who Josh says he is. And I remember a lad saying Jesus wasn't even real. I said, what year do you live in? He goes at the time, I think it was 2018. He said 2018. I said 2018 years after who? And he goes. Oh, and uh, just being able to tell him, you know, we had these fun conversations and, and I was like, you know, all the modern history is based off of this, this man, Jesus, he's, he's pretty spectacular. But after time, they kind of realized who I was and, and that I wasn't going to budge from being a Christian. Uh, and I remember one, one day that the Bible got passed around the changing room. One of the lads next to me said, can I, can I look at that? And and he was like, oh, okay. And, and he was, and he showed someone else and it went, it literally went all the way around before it came back to me. I, it wasn't something I, I, I had planned. And then uh, we, we were playing a game. We were three, two down 96 minute. I, I went up and uh, this was a week before Easter. Uh, I went up for a corner 96 minute and I scored a header as a goalkeeper. I remember jumping into the crowd, celebrating, nearly got sent off. It was just a bit, a bit, a bit of a, a funny situation, but I remember coming back into change room and, and the, the gaffer, the manager said to me, um, you know, Glover, well done. Fantastic. You saved us. Like, what do you want to say? I said, boys, who wants to come to church with me next weekend? <laughs> and uh, they all laughed. They all laughed. No one showed up, but they, they knew. And, and I, I remember being really discouraged by that, that I hadn't done anything. Um, and it was about a year later. Um, I was at Concord and the, the assistant manager from, from the, the previous team, uh, he had given me a real hard time. When I was at Sheppey, I remember one of the boys asking me about Christianity and he said, don't ask him questions. He wants you to ask him questions. All that Christianity, it's a load of rubbish. 
And I just remember being like, why are you giving me such a hard time? You're giving me so much grief. So I got a call a year later and uh, he, he gets me on the phone. Hey, Josh, it's Barry. I say, okay, how you doing? You, you know, you're okay. How's everything going on? How's the football? And, and he, he kind of just ignored the question. He goes, Josh, um, I'm thinking about getting baptized and you're the only person I've ever seen be a Christian. Mm. Um, I want to know if you think it's the right idea. And, and I just kind of went silent, like just sat in that, like, this isn't someone I even tried to reach. Mm-hmm. I was trying to reach my teammates truthfully, but it was the fact that I was consistent. It was the fact that through the, through the challenges, through the, the cheeky comments here and there, um, probably through seeing some of the lads begin to kind of respect, you know, that this was who I was and I wasn't going to change. And, and, you know, when I had a good game and, and even when I didn't have a good game, I tried to kind of give God the glory. I tried, I remember before every game I learned this at Westmont, just, I just prayed, but I wanted to point to the sky because I wanted people to know, you know what, I'm playing for Jesus. I'm not playing for me. And and I wanted to give them a sign of that, that a year later, the guy who'd given me the hardest time out of anybody at that club called me and said he wanted to get baptized and he went on to get baptized. And so that was an incredible story of how actually, do you know what? It's the Lord. We plant seeds. Um, right. we, we're obedient. We, we walk in it, but it's the Lord who, who moves it's the lord who brings the growth it's the, it's only god who can change a man's heart it's not me and so that, that's very freeing and and so that's a, a little picture of sports ministry in, in a realm that i didn't think was even going to be sports ministry so yeah um sorry i didn't touch on all the other incredible ministries you know obviously christians in sport the sports yeah. ministry mai some awesome ministries but i think that was one that stood, stood out to me nothing i did <laughs> there's there it's it's one kingdom right so that's that's what hopefully all mm. all of us are doing it for that and and i love hearing that and you said a couple things there that i just want to highlight one is the idea of consistency Mm. that's interesting that i've you know one of my best friends in the world i've you know shared the gospel with him many i many times known him since i was Mm. we were six months old like running our diapers around you know together and um or nappies excuse me we're nappies yeah nappies um (laughs) and and during it was actually during covid so you know mm. i'm almost 50 years old and 48 and it's during covid he he said afterwards you know after kind of all the just the craziness and whatever he said phil mm. you were the most consistent person i've seen mm. or i i know through that mm. time and i and it was it was an interesting word and as you talked about mm. it i think that that is people in a world full of craziness and roller coasters yeah. and ups and downs, and yeah. it's even just simply being steady and being mm. consistent mm. is a massive witness in a world of craziness and chaos yeah. and roller coaster. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other was the idea, you know, you talk about ministry and sports and, and talking about all these different guys and being consistent and pray, play, say. That works so much too because, I mean, yeah, it's God doing all the work. We know mm. that. But also, as we talked about earlier, it's kind of come full circle to the beginning when we were talking about the trust that you build through sports mm. just by being a great goalkeeper, mm. by being a great, you know, steady mm. voice, a steady person. People will ask, you know, you always hear that people will, well, people will ask, oh, well, what, what is different in you? That only happens when you are living it out. That only happens when you are steady and you're yeah. consistent yeah. Up through the highs and lows. Mm-hmm. You, you, you celebrate and you get excited. You go in the crowd, mm-hmm. you go crazy. You almost get sent off because you're so excited. But at the end of the day, on the important things, you're going to be steady and you're going to be able to, to do that. So that's something that, 
folks, I mean, that's, that's really, I love how you talked about that because I think so often we think we have to do these big presentations and we got to be the great public yeah. speaker and we got to mm-hmm. do these next thing, this big mm-hmm. next great revival. Mm-hmm. The reality is I think most of the ministry happens in just the day to day doing life together, being mm. consistent, loving yeah. well, serving well. And as coaches, we have massive opportunity to do that. As parents, we have massive opportunity. As friends, we have massive opportunity. As teammates, mm. we have massive opportunity to do those things. And so I love that because you kind of hit on all of them. And even as we talk about your teams, and I love hearing you talk about your teams and, and what excites you. And I remember after one year at Biola, I think it was after your, your year at Biola, our first year there, you had two years there? One year there. I one year, one year, one, one year. year. After your year, you said, you know, the, the stories you told had nothing to do with the football that was being played mm. on the field. Mm. But it was about the relationships mm. that you had with the players and the friendships yeah. and, the, and the, the impact that you were able to see, to see a kid come to know the Lord and to be able mm. to see that, that that was your highlight. And that's what I love and I, and I love about all that. So, mm. all right, man. Well, we got it. We got to wrap it up. We are, we are over the hour mark. Yeah, yeah, not, sorry. And, but no, don't be sorry. It's good stuff. It's all great stuff. But let's kind of go into a, into a speed round. We have, we have okay. a couple questions we ask everybody but i also just want to hear from your perspective we've asked a lot of our guests Mm. what they feel about the current state of u.s soccer and i know this Mm. is a much longer conversation we have time for, but let's kind of see it as like a lightning round and with all your background playing all over the place growing up all over the place living in the uk being here in the u.s you know what do you see as kind of the 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 best and the worst of u.s soccer right now yeah let me start with the worst and then i'll move to the best i think the worst for me i i will try and do this quickly is i think the the accessibility of of um club club soccer at the youth age i think um it costs a lot of money and so seeing there's so many incredible young players out there we see them come to a camp and then you say hey what what club do you play for i can't afford it my family can't afford it and there's not enough accessibility and i think We've got to change the system ever so slightly to make it a little bit, a little bit more accessible. Can we find ways to to make scholarships available, available, or can can we, you know, have clubs fund it? You know, these pro clubs have so much money. Can we can we fund fund academies where where lads aren't having to pay to go play club soccer because there's um, there's so much talent out there and it's a growing, growing sport. And I think we see that in the UK. We see it other parts where. Um, football is very accessible and it doesn't cost a lot of money but here in the US it costs a lot so that's my my frustration at the grassroots level I'm excited about US soccer I really really am because I think one it you know it's on the rise we're talking right after uh, Messi's just signed for mm-hmm. uh, into right. Miami I think that's gonna that's gonna spark more and more interest here in the US the World Cup's coming here in 2026 people are talking about football and unfortunately they're calling it soccer but <laughs> they're talking about football and and I and I have to obviously touch on the, the environment in which I work on I love the uh, the college soccer scene I love it I think it's absolutely fantastic um Men are developed in, you know, in my, at least in the Christian university, they're developed as, as um, academics, right? They're, they're equipped to be to men to go into the workforce, developed as football players, but they're developed as Christians as well. And it's a, such a holistic approach. It's not just a one size fits all. It, it's amazing. It's 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 honestly wonderful. Men come out of it on the other side, whether going pro or going on, uh, better men for it and better 
better revelation at least i hope through our university and the things we do are of god so love love college soccer excited for the u.s national team some real real cool talent coming through so yeah i'm, I'm excited for u.s soccer yeah yeah uh, i i agree wholeheartedly with both of those things all right how do you use the lessons you've learned directly from the game? We've talked about a lot of them, so mm-hmm. maybe that you just echo mm-hmm. something you've already said, mm-hmm. but there could be something else you've been saving for this. Mm-hmm. The lessons you learned directly from the game of soccer in your relationship with your girlfriend. I know that. That's going yeah, well. That's uh, I checked on Instagram today just to make sure nothing <laughs> weird had happened, you know? So with that well, and well. Uh, other relationships outside the game. Yeah. Um, dating an absolute wonderful woman of god uh and tiffany johnson and I, like graham said really punching above my weight she's incredible and i think she teaches me more than i teach her um and i don't know if she realizes that all the time but um she's a woman who's been incredibly successful carries titles is do, doing an incredible job but is so humble and so kind and so thoughtful of others it's just considerate um, and, and is not finding her identity in those things. And I think, of course, with anybody, there's a wrestle for those things, but not finding her identity in those things and putting people first. And I have a real dilemma on my hands this weekend because the Champions League final is on and she's asked me to go to a family event and I'm just trying to find my way through both things, you know. So um, how do I apply that to our relationship? You know, um, I think every player is different um, and, and it's about learning how we, you know, how, how my players will gel with each other. I think with Tiffany and I, our, our, our primary focus is to serve God and to honor him in our relationship and in everything else we do. And so it's finding how we navigate the ways in which we do that and, and what ways we can partner with each other. Ultimately, you know, as Christians, we're, we're not just dating for the sake of dating, we're dating to, to have a partnership and you know obviously maybe one day head, head in the direction of a of a marriage but but it's it's navigating how do we serve each other how do we run towards christ and what does that look like and and so i think i try and do that in 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 the way i kind of coach my players too right how do they gel with each other and how, how do they understand each other's strengths and and their weaknesses and how do they and how do they complement each other we her and I just we always talk about grace and truth Jesus came you know the Lord brought all these things Jesus came with grace and truth how do we approach each other with grace and truth how do we be loving and kind and patient with each other but also how do we speak truth into each other's lives and how do we do that to others too so yeah I think those things those things (laughs) yeah no that's good that's good I just I just had this like this thought of what if all of our teams and all of our relationships were actually filled with grace and truth like Mm -hmm. that would um i just think of the teams that i coach and you know there's 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 either it seems like we as humans either have way way much grace or Mm -hmm. uh, just a ton of truth Mm -hmm. but we often um don't do both really well at the same Mm -hmm. time and um that's something that uh yeah absolutely agree with all right last question brother this has mm-hmm. been a lot of fun this has been a lot of fun i no doubt a lot of good stuff out of this too but what have you yeah. watched read or listened to uh that has most impacted your thinking on how soccer explains life and le- or how football explains life and leadership the bible there it is yes yeah, it's, it's it's number one number one for sure got to be in the word every day and it's just been so informative um as, as it isn't but it's also sharp and it's it's um the spirit makes it come alive and it's applicable to everything whenever i'm in doubt to go back there but try to start there every morning too and then this book uh, by brett mccracken the wisdom pyramids awesome 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 book um basically just reframing how we take on information i think we're 
bombarded by information by different forms of media different forms of thought um and he says basically he he takes the food pyramid and 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 uh, reapplies it um with the bible at the bottom church then god's creation books um and then music and creation and uh, music and and kind of uh creative um outlook and then and then finally there's a little bit of media in there and i think we we can be so swayed and and have that so backwards excuse me sorry um and i think the wisdom pyramid by brett mccracken's been awesome and then of course you know i i do love just from a football standpoint and if we're talking about leadership steven gerrard incredible football player incredible uh, sorry i know you're a united fan but um leader growing up he was the epitome of a leader for me captain of england and obviously as a young lad you dream of those things but the way he led with passion care for others striving for success bringing other people along kind of leading the way right but also you know having a vision and bringing people into that vision he was amazing and so his his documentary make us dream i think you and i actually talked about it last time we saw each other has was was wonderful so maybe i'll reverse those orders make make us dream was was wonderful if we're going to go with the book make us dream then brett mccracken's book um the wisdom pyramid and then of course you know everything comes from scripture um god is good absolutely absolutely i actually have read my son's paper on the wisdom pyramid. I haven't oh, read the wisdom fantastic. pyramid. Yeah, because Brett uh, is a Biola professor, and uh, that book, it, I mean, based on the paper, looked awesome. So, and the paper was was pretty good too. A little shout out to my son there. At yeah, Biola. go on, Drew. So, um, anyway, bro, hey, this has been so great. Thanks yeah. again for, for being a part of the conversation. Thanks for just being faithful. Thanks for being consistent. Thanks for being a good brother and friend, and uh, I appreciate you a ton. Mm. Cheers, Phil. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's definitely gone a lot quicker and it's been a lot easier just to chat with you and, and enjoy the conversation around football leadership and and, and and the Lord. And um, yeah, always grateful for you and your family. You guys are awesome. Well, folks, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for this conversation that you, you engaged it. And just thank you for what you're doing. I know if you're listening to this show, you're using these things and you're applying them to your life. And as we talked about, you know, this pray, play, say, it's not just something that's a cool saying. It's something that if we live that out, it, it will make impact. It will make incredible impact. We might actually see a little bit of shalom in our communities. Um, and so I encourage you folks to, to just listen to all this stuff and, and really apply it in your lives. Also, you know, in the show notes, you can find all the things we referred to, the book, the, the documentary, everything else we talked about in the show. We're also linked to uh, Josh's dad, Robert Glover's Care for Children. We're, we'll link to the, the documentary, uh, Children of Shanghai, uh, which is awesome documentary about the work that, that uh, happened. I, I believe, you know, Josh has a couple of pictures throughout that, throughout that film as well. <laughs> so he makes some cameos, you know, just appearances through there they wanted to make him the star because he's really good looking but you know that 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 happens so anyway um also if you want to learn more about warrior way about uh coaching the bigger game you know the links to that will be in the show notes uh, most importantly folks i just pray that you're taking all that you're learning from this show and you're using it to be a better spouse a better parent a better friend a better leader better coach better in everything that you do and you continually remind yourself that soccer and football, depending on where you are, truly do explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great couple weeks. <laughs>